0: The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing. Hunter Muscaro, Pereira lays it up. One point four. Pereira hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win.
1: Bucks okay, spotting
0: for three. The place is gonna
1: erupt.
0: Oh, Deuce Bello. He's gonna make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. They got game. him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks
1: have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick.
2: shout off to my new friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't I- matter what your name
3: is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent.
2: It's Sandos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Another
0: jam packed show today. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. It is Sandos and the Sidekick, episode number 11. And we'll be talking Southern Conference football. We're we'll here from Randy Sanders in his press conference yesterday. We'll talk to SoCon John Hooper about what was an exciting weekend of Southern Conference football. A couple of games we'll really talk about. Samford going into Tallahassee, taking on Florida State. Almost got it done. Had a chance late uh, with the
2: football down in position. Actually led all but uh, the last four minutes of the game. Basically. I walked out of here at about 12.30. I don't know what time it is. I don't know when the game was actually happening, but I remember walking out of the building, and there was five, six minutes left, and I was like, they're going to get done. This is it. I mean, this is going to be a huge, massive upset.
0: And, and even when Florida State finally took the lead. Still thought that final drive, Sanford, and then, uh, unfortunately the fourth pick of the day for Hodges was taken. Out, that was the so. issue.
2: How about, I know about, we'll talk more about it later, but how about them throwing the ball 60 times? With them? I mean, they're not scared. Go in there and throw the ball 60 times against Florida State. I thought that was very bold, unfortunately, ended up being their undoing.
0: Yeah, well, that. but that's, that's who they are. It's what they are. It's what they want to be. And so that's uh, certainly uh, for Sanford a tough loss, you know, because, again, they felt like they had it kind of, right there for the taking just uh, ended up not working out the exact way they wanted it to happen and but you know for a confidence builder for a team that's uh, had its up and downs in the playoffs that certainly got to make them feel better and then, of course Chattanooga a big win at the Citadel Citadel now 0 and 2 in league play and Chattanooga was was a team that people didn't know what to do with were they the team that was last year it's going to struggle under Tom Arthur or were they going to get back to being a playoff contending football team and certainly uh, you got like Tom Arthur the former quarterback himself and uh, going for two in the first overtime yeah. so Citadel gets the ball in overtime they score kick the extra point Chattanooga goes second they score he you have to love your two-point play to do that right instead of try another overtime and they go with a reverse pass so the uh, quarterback to running back pitches it to the wide receiver who comes around and throws it to the tight
2: end to win the game. And you have to love it because otherwise you look like a total goat, As someone that has no idea what you're doing calling the shots. I harken back to the Green Bay-Chicago game where trying to salt it away late, Chicago with like, you know, what, two and a half minutes, three minutes to go. They've got a third and one deep in Green Bay territory and instead of giving the ball to one of the better backs in the National Football League Jordan Howard to try and pick that up with Green Bay having no timeouts they have a play they also I I think that they thought they loved with a wheel route to Terry Cohen and he's overshot by, like, four or five yards or, or whatever it was. And, and there, you're going to get Nagy, the new head coach in Chicago, getting not only some around the country questioning what he was doing, but also Bears fans alike. So similar with Chattanooga, except it worked out the other way. The other game I hope to talk about with SoCon, John, is Elon and Furman. You know, we're we're looking at these games going on where the Bucs are not into SoCon play yet. And kind of how these games go, I think, is how you shape – what you expect ETSU to do over the entire Southern Conference season, right? Because you're looking at these other teams and saying, well, we can win this game, we can win this game. Now, of course, on the field it's going to be totally different, and you have to play the games and all that. But fans, it's just a natural thing to go and look at the upcoming games and say, well... This one, since Furman, you know, got beat by, you know, maybe all of a sudden that's a game where you actually uh, expect to be, uh, you know, ahead at the end of the game. You know, it's maybe not a game that you win 100 percent of the time, but it'd be great to get it as opposed to going in saying, well, it's a ranked team. You know, I'm not quite sure going into last week if that's something that we can get done. So, you know, these thoughts that ETSU fans have are changed around each week with these games, which is why we are excited to talk about them each week. And we'll also do Top 25 later to look around the country and see a couple of uh, ranked teams that had matchups against other ranked teams outside of Elon and Furman. Uh, Eastern Washington and Northern Arizona was one. and Really, there weren't a ton of upsets this week in the FCS. Uh, it was more um, the teams that lost that were ranked, losing to FBS schools and things like that. So That'll be something we do later in the show.
0: Yeah, I think the one thing, we'll, we'll talk Sokan Johnny about it a little later, Sokan John, I should say, but I, I think the start uh, especially because Furman really wanted that game circle because they felt like they let one slip away at home last year. Second play of the game was a fumble return touchdown uh, and Elon's up 7-0 and boy just just you know didn't look back. Yeah, and then Wofford the only other conference game besides we mentioned Chattanooga and Citadel was Wofford and they uh they just uh, wore out uh, VMI almost 500 yards of total. Excuse me total offense. I think they had five touchdown runs in their first six possessions. Uh, of 10 yards or more, Mm -hmm. and so – really used the big play. And that's sort of that offense. You know, sometimes they, the, old, the old school thinking of three yards in a cloud of dust for that offense just, just isn't. You know, they they can get that, but it never fails. It just takes one missed assignment, and a, a three-, four-yard gain turns into 42 yards and a touchdown. And that's sort of how Wofford's built. They did throw a couple touchdown passes. That's the new wrinkle without Mike Air. So we'll talk to SoCon John about that coming up in our next, our next segment. The third segment of the day is probably one of our favorites, or at least some of our f- – Followers on the podcast, don't forget, you can download us on SoundCloud. You can also subscribe and download us on iTunes. You can just listen straight off those two, Sandos and the Sidekick. I think it's also some people's least favorite of the week because
2: you leave feeling very tense, very on edge yourself. So I think that's a divisive segment to be sure.
0: I think it certainly also makes you ponder on Tuesday –
2: Oh, what are the, the worst day of the week mad, already? Right? Yeah, yeah, and it's already the worst day of the week. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's not Monday where it's like, you know, after the weekend, you're kind of like, OK, well, I should probably get back to work. So Monday's not too bad. Then Tuesday, you're like, oh, man, I mean, what am I doing here? Like, do I really have to come into this job again? Is this really my life? And then you just have a angry guy yelling at you over the radio to make things even worse. And then Wednesday gets better. It's hump day, Thursday, you're only one day from the weekend, Friday. Oh, my God, this is amazing. And then you get the weekend. So I think Tuesday is already miserable. Hopefully ticked off Tuesday makes you feel better about the day rather than worse.
0: Well, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yesterday, press conference, uh, Coach Sanders was uh, hit with a barrage of questions (laughs) about um, Tennessee and a few about VMI.
2: Now, he was happy to move past the Tennessee questions, but we wanted to go back at least first in the early stage of the press conference and talk with him about that experience. And really, it sounded like overall uh, it was not nearly as strange as it was going back to Neyland with Kentucky when he did that. Boy, 12, 13 years ago. And he also had some nice surprises
1: waiting for him from the Tennessee Athletic Department. When I went back to Neyland with, uh, with Kentucky, it was really strange. This past game, probably less strange. I told Coach Former when I talked to him, I really appreciated the, uh, the welcome back thing. I appreciated the, the tribute. I didn't see the tribute. Uh, and they had to look hard to find clips of me playing, I can tell you that. It, it really meant a lot to my wife and my girls. I told Coach Fulmer, I thought the thing was handled very, very well on their part. As far as uh, me personally, and, and the way uh, that was handled, and I, I appreciated that. Now, did you see the tribute?
2: I caught the
0: very tail end of it. And I, I think it was Matt the our color, color analyst here on the network, had tapped me to point up to the screen to see it. And then it was a great ovation, I thought, from the fans. But I caught the very tail end of it. What was it we,
2: centered around? More around the coaching, the players, kind of both. Uh, the, or?
0: I saw there was there was one there was one play again. I caught the very tail end of it, but there was one shot of him playing quarterback. And then there were a couple of uh, uh, plays where I, I think Peyton Manning had come off the field after he threw a pass and and it, uh, hugged Coach Fulmer and then told Coach Sanders, "Great call." Or you know, it was a couple little nice. things like that on the sideline. So
2: you got to scour the, the archives. I mean, you got to scour the archives to find moments like that. You know what I mean? Like it, because he joked about it there in the soundbite that you have to look real hard to find, you know, clips of me playing. But then to go back and find little things like that—that's at the very tail end of a play—and it's a hug for Fulmer, and then a great call to Coach Sanders. I mean, those are really special moments that it sounds like they did an excellent job with over at Knoxville. And, and I mean, again, takes a ton of work from VFL, uh, the Vol's Films. Is it was just Vol's Films or VF. I know the VFL. See, I'm still learning the whole—you mm-hmm. know—Vol for Life. I know is the VFL, or is Vol's Films also VFL? Or how does that? Or is it I, just ball Films? You have no yeah, idea. yeah, you don't yeah, care. Okay, yeah. okay. Next Uh So. We also talked with Coach Sanders about going from Mars Hill to Tennessee and those different atmospheres, different levels of play, of course, going into last week. A little bit about stepping out now from Tennessee to VMI because obviously you're not going to have nearly 100,000 when VMI and ETSU play. So that is something I think that would also kind of throw players, coaches for a loop. I didn't have him compare the two, but he did have some thoughts on stepping into the VMI atmosphere from the UT atmosphere.
1: We'll find out how manly tough they are. You know, I, I told the team last week that the game was about uh, respect respect for how you play it's not necessarily uh what the final score says but it's it's what that guy across from you thinks of you when the game is over you know you gotta fight for your respect Well, this week we we'll find out a lot about how mature we are how mentally tough we are i can't imagine us not being excited to play since you work all year long and you only have 11 guaranteed opportunities you know we've already gone through two of them we got nine more for us to go out and play without energy and without passion would be pretty stupid I really, really hope our guys are smart enough to figure that out. If they're not, then bless their heart, we got a lot of work to do.
2: Am I wrong, or is it just as difficult, if not more difficult, to step out of that huge atmosphere where there's so much energy built into the stadium, and you're getting fed it really from the fans and from the uh, the music? Everything's just so much louder and bigger. Is it difficult then to step out of that atmosphere and go to VMI? Much like it's difficult to go from Mars Hill, where there's you know 8,500 people, and hey, the ETSU fans were great that night, but to go to 96,000 in New England.
0: Well, my guess is if those 96,000 are cheering for you, um, it would be difficult to go play at a place with uh, a few You thousand. think it might be a relief then? I, I, no, I, I do, because if something goes wrong, the roar of the crowd and stuff that can be intimidating to go is not there, right? I mean, it's just, just not. Now, VMI does a great job of pageantry because they walk in all the, all the key and there's there is some things they do special that, and, and Citadel as well that other teams around the league don't that can add to it. But I think being able to hear your coach on the sideline, being able to, Marchie actually be able to talk to his teammates when he's changing the play to line of scrimmage has to be there. Now, the pregame, what is that? I'm sure that has got to be a letdown from what it was just because the music and the right. people around and the tailgating walking in. I, I mean, I get the pregame, but I think the endgame, I think the advantage will will go back to the Bucks because you're if something goes wrong, it's it's not going to be as daunting as it was in Knoxville.
2: One more from Coach Sanders, and we moved on. Of course, after the number of questions about Tennessee and involving the Volunteers to this week, huge week for ETSU and for VMI as this is the first Southern Conference game that those two will face off in this week. So, uh, with VMI being the team that they are and have been, and actually, I think ETSU's. Uh, the last time that they lost to VMI in 2016 was VMI's last win. And so going into this week uh, and having gotten the revenge last year, Coach Sanders already had some thoughts about scouting VMI.
1: They're two very different teams. You know, Toledo kind of spreads the field out. Times ball would be snapped and receivers on both sides were outside the numbers. Seemed like they were way out there. Uh, Wofford, of course, is kind of a three-back run-the-ball run the offense. That's not all they do, but that's, that's a big part of what they do. The one thing about uh, VMI, they they have their things they do differently. They have their little uh, nuances that they do, uh, looking at all their games from last year and so far this year, but they still do what they do. They, they don't change drastically. You know, they're they're primarily a 314 coverage packages. They, they, they may feature one a little bit more than the other some games, but for the most part, it's, it's the same packages. So you pretty much, I think, know what you're going to get. It's, it's a matter of going out and doing it. but pretty much knew what we were going to get from Tennessee, too, and we just didn't do it very well. So our our challenge is to go out and execute against what we're going to see.
2: I was impressed with Coach Sanders' preparedness. I mean, you are basically going to get what you get with VMI. My thought was, how does Coach Sanders know that? I mean, he's never faced him, but that means that he's poured through tape, and he talked with us in a different soundbite about how he um, basically has watched every game that VMI played last year. And so you and me were discussing yesterday, does that mean maybe that he's watched a lot in the summer or was he just going over everything on Saturday night, Sunday, and then early on Monday before he came and met the media? But I'm very impressed with Coach Sanders already knowing five days ahead of the game exactly what he's going to get from VMI.
0: Yeah, and I think that just goes back to probably his coordinator days. You know, that's probably what he did as a as a coordinator. And I would have liked to have maybe did a follow-up just to check and say, you know, did you watch their offense a lot or just kind of skim through their offense and trusted, um, you know, Coach Taylor and defense staff do their job, or was he mainly looking defense? Because if you notice in that clip, there's a lot of talking about what the defense was doing. Again, that's what he's worried about. That's what he's he he's kept up with the most. So I think it's interesting that um, that he has seen all that. I think it's great because, you know, this isn't, teams he plays a lot because, you know, you get into league games a lot. You know, I remember we've done in the past. We can watch some film. I know some personnel things. You know, he's coming in this year completely blind on a lot of things. The one thing is the defensive staff is still getting with Billy Taylor. He's familiar with it from last year and playing VMI the previous couple years. So, he's got a little bit more. But for Coach Sanders, he's got to get his feet wet every game to try to learn. So, I was very impressed that, that uh, he had already watched all that and, and going with the game plan. And I think maybe that's, that's where a few things schematically – You know, that uh, ETSU could have some advantages this year. Socon John next. Right after this timeout, this is Sanderson, the Sidekick. Don't forget, you can download some SoundCloud. You can download us, subscribe to us on iTunes. Socon John, right after this timeout, to your word for the Buccaneers Sports Network.
1: Get ready to get your game on with the Tennessee Lottery and fill up your day with fun. Like when you need to upgrade the fun on that road trip. When you could use a little, did I just win $50 fun? Woo, yeah! Or when you'd like to add a side of fun to that next snack. Mm, wow, that's good. Would you like some fun with that? Oh well, yeah. Then play the Tennessee Lottery. And for just a dollar or two, you can get your game on. Please remember, play responsibly.
2: Citizens Bank and our growing lending team are excited to support the game broadcasts of the ETSU Buccaneers. We are proud to provide a lineup of options that fit the needs of local businesses, whether it's an expansion loan, remote deposit service, SBA loan, or treasury management services, we can help your business grow. Visit our website or your local citizens branch to speak with a qualified lender to learn more. From everyone at Citizens Bank, go bucks! Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
4: Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go
3: bucks. I feel like day after day, it's all the same. I know there's more out there. I I just can't reach out and grab it. (laughs) Does that sound crazy? Uh,
4: no, but I'm a butcher. Perhaps a nice seafood dinner would help? Gosh, that sounds great. Excellent. I'll steam some shrimp for you. Really? No one's ever said that before.
1: At Food City, our butchers can't solve your existential crisis. But they can offer a ton
4: of other great services you won't find at most other grocery stores. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City.
2: Today and every day, the Johnson City Way.
0: Santos and the Sidekick back with you on a Tuesday afternoon, very somber Tuesday afternoon on this September 11th, and a hurricane impending is going to throw some monkey wrenches on the schedule and has so far, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But we want to recap last week. It was such a – exciting week in the Southern Conference and Silicon kind of John Hooper's on the phone with us a friend of the program we appreciate him joining us on short notice today but uh, John I thought there were a lot of huge games in FCS last weekend or a lot of huge games especially in the Southern Conference and I want to start with uh, really the the big one which I think was Sanford at Florida State and I know the conference game and we'll talk about chat and sit on in a second but Sanford was rocking and rolling in that game Florida State comes storming back and took the lead with, I think, four minutes to go. And then, unfortunately, for uh, the Bulldogs, Evelyn Hodges was picked up for the fourth time on the day that, that sealed the, the defeat for Sanford.
3: Yeah, I thought Sanford really played um, very well. I, I think one of the turning points of that game was, uh, I think uh, they were forced, they were driving there midway through the fourth quarter, and they were forced to take a field goal um, or early in the fourth quarter by uh, Mitchell Finneran. And then uh obviously you know they needed I I felt like they needed a touchdown there to go up two scores and they had to take the field goal and then uh here comes Florida State uh Francois drives them back down the field and they score a touchdown get the two-point conversion to go ahead 29-26 uh and then they uh obviously with 403 left um Sanford is not really I think they run sort of a two-minute offense the whole game because they they throw it so much and it's such a the hatch attack offense so it wasn't a real surprise that they would be throwing the ball there but um Hodges just you know made made a little bit of a mistake and it's returned 65 yards for a score and that that pretty much sealed the deal I think there was 243 left but you got to give it to Samford. I don't know if you guys saw the opening play from scrimmage uh, in that game, but uh, deep ball to uh, Kelvin McKnight for, I think, a 54-yard touchdown. And I like the way Samford attacked him, uh, both offensively and, and somewhat on the defensive side of the ball. I thought of good and uh, especially Devlin Hodges at times. Now the four picks will stand out, but, you know, he throws for 475 and two touchdowns. He really looked good for, for pro scouts who will take that film from an FBS opponent and they'll see Ahmad Gooden and they'll see Devlin Hodges and they'll say, wow, these guys can play against top tier talent in, at the FBS level. So, I, you know, while we all would have liked to have seen for one, two of one to, I guess, uh, improve the prestige a little bit this season of the SOCON, I think that uh, they did enough to to kind of raise some eyebrows around the country and, and, and certainly to uh, put themselves in kind of a conversation that they really haven't been in since I'm um, getting into the Southern conference in 2008. Now they've been good, but they haven't been, you know, what we would call an elite level um, FCS program. And I think they're getting to that point under coach Chris Hatcher.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately it's, you know, it, you're judged on the playoffs when you want to get to that that next level, and they just haven't quite had the success. Been a been a very successful team in the Southern Conference. They've had some good non-conference wins, but crunch time playoffs is where they've had a little bit of issue. I, I thought the the obviously the besides that, just because the name recognition of Florida State had the game of the day, the one I was paying the most attention to was was a conference game, Chattanooga at Citadel, because I think we talked to you before the season started. You know which Chattanooga team is this? Is it A team is going to bounce back, and last year just was one of those years that injuries and suspensions and everything just didn't go their way, and they were going to be able to figure it out, or have they just kind of fallen off a little bit? And for Citadel, I think it was a make-or-break game because, you know, they had a tough loss against Wofford. They got to turn around and play Chattanooga. And for the second straight week, Citadel falls behind, has to come back, eventually gets a tie. They go to overtime and give Coach Arthur a lot of credit. Uh, You know, he – he had a two-point play he loved. He went for it, and he converted the uh, the reverse pass from a wide receiver to a tight end to, to pick up a huge road win and a Southern Conference win. So they're 1-0 in league play. And for the Citadel, they got a big hole to climb out of.
3: Yeah, I, I think it, this game, um, you wonder what the team psyche is after losing a, two games like they, they've lost. Uh, obviously, being down there in, in scoring range late against Wofford in the red zone could not uh, – Complete a pass on fourth down. I think there were four consecutive incompletions on that final drive against Wofford, and then they turn around and come home, play a, a really good game against Chattanooga. Uh, had them on the ropes, um but Tom Marth to his credit, and, and, you know, in overtime decided, okay, we're not gonna stick around and and see whether this game goes five, six overtimes. We're gonna try and win it right here and. His credit, they had a, a play, like you said. Um, and, and Bryce Nunley, who's kind of been the hero for them through the first two weeks of the season, um, had 170 something yards receiving in the first game, and then I think he had like 268 uh, against the Citadel. So, one of the leading receivers in the country, and um, he's really come up big not only um, catching the football but also uh, th- throwing it as well on a trick play. So, yeah, I think Chattanooga. Um, we knew they were going to probably be pretty good on defense. They've shown that so far. I think they held the Citadel to something like 380 yards of total offense on Saturday. And I thought one of the things I was impressed with is their defensive uh, end, I believe Isaiah Mack is a guy that had uh, just an incredible game, 16 tackles and I think half, half a tackle for loss. And you don't see that much out of a defensive lineman, but what a game by him, and, and just what a performance overall, um, I think, by, by Chattanooga. And really, they look like the team that, um, you know, they were a Jekyll and Hyde last year. I think they're, um, they're certainly uh, a team that's going to put themselves in a good, good step for, for a run at the Southern Conference title this season because um, I think the Citadel is one of the tougher places to play in the league.
2: Then you look on the other side, John, and you see a Furman team that was really never in the game against Elon. Battle of rank teams going into last week, Elon 45, Furman 7. They struggled to stop the run, 275 on the ground for Elon. And then missing P.J. Jowski from last year, they are struggling mightily to come up with any kind of consistency and rhythm when it comes to throwing the ball. Now, we do have to remember they've played Clemson, of course, and then obviously a very yes. game-elon team, so I'm not sure what we actually know about their passing situation, but that was a very lopsided <laughs> defeat for the Paladins.
3: Well, no doubt about it. Um, you know, you expected the things to go the way they did against uh, Clemson, a big-time big program, a number two FBS team in the country. I actually thought you know, Furman played better against Clemson than they did against Elon. Yeah. Now, obviously there were several factors. I think that went into the Elon game. One is they were starting a true freshman under center. Um, and they, that his backup is actually a redshirt freshman. Harris Roberts is now the third string quarterback. He um, got a lot of storylines going into the season because of his, you know, status as a student at Clemson as, as well as being a, a Furman quarterback. But, Uh, it looks as though head coach Clay Hendricks is going to go with one of these two freshmen and the idea is to get them reps. And uh, they actually watered down the the playbook a little bit. And so they were handcuffed a a tad by what they could call on Saturday. But uh, I think the most disappointing thing for Furman is the fact that uh, defensively, they brought back nine starters. This is a team that brought back 15 starters from a squad that went to the playoffs and beat Elon 28-27 last year. And so Elon obviously brought back, I think, 18 starters from that team as well, played play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And um, I, I think that the coaching staff was probably more disappointed with, with the way that the defense played and the fact that uh, they have not caused a turnover in eight quarters of football so far this season. And the the fact that uh, I, I think Davis, Cheek, the Elon quarterback, was 12 of 15 passing, and Furman gave up something like I think 275 on the ground. So not a good night for the Paladins, and kind of you know one of those games that you need for the SoCon team to win when it comes to strength of conference. When you start talking about playoffs and and different, not necessarily for Furman, but for just the league when when you're looking for you know, to raise the, the the prestige level of the Southern Conference. And, it, you know, we, we all know how many teams the CAA and the Missouri Valley get in the playoffs. So I think from that standpoint, it hurt the league to see, you know, Furman not lose a game 7 to 10 points, but they lose it 45 to 7.
2: You mentioned Harris Roberts. I almost wonder if Coach Hendricks ever actually thought that he was in the conversation to be the starter long-term or if he did just kind of play into the storylines and said, you know what, I'm going to give him the start at Clemson, and that'll be fulfilling this whole big thing that's been built up around him being a student. Act. Because he was dropped to then, third string, as you mentioned. So that, to me, is, was something I looked at and was like, well, maybe it was just Coach Hendricks uh, doing right by the young man himself and getting him on the field, having that experience. Because it, seeing him bump that quickly uh, it was a very... I don't know, interesting and uh, kind of looking and reflecting at how it went down. Um, something where I feel like he probably was just given that as um, and this is just my opinion, but as him being someone that was a uh, or is a student at Clemson. Uh, talk about the overall conference right now and just standouts that you've seen from earlier in the year. Of course, I think without uh, SOCOM play going on week to week for every team, fans can get kind of behind early on as they're focusing on their team if they haven't played a conference game, much like ETSU, and say well, I don't know who to watch for. I'm not quite sure who's going to be affecting the game on the other side when my team plays certain teams of course we see big numbers last week bryce nunley kelvin mcknight we mentioned and, and of course Tiano and uh, hodges are putting up massive numbers what have you seen early on with individual standouts around the conference for, for people to watch for
3: well you mentioned uh nunley obviously and, and the, the guys from Sanford, devlin hodges and kelvin mcknight i think you know there are several guys that i think are, are going to come on strong as as uh, Southern Conference play starts to get into, you know, to to as we start to get into Southern Conference play, I think that one of the guys for for Mercer, and this has been interesting, they've played a couple quarterbacks so far in Kalen Riley and Robert Riddle. If you'll remember, Riddle was a guy that was um, I think out of the Macaulay school, very, very um, he's getting some playing time this year. T. Mitchell, the running back at Mercer as well, had a a nice game. I know it was against Jacksonville this last past weekend, but uh, they they uh, had something like 274 yards rushing between the two running backs there. And I, I think uh, Logan Markey at, at uh, Markey at, at East Tennessee State is a guy that will get things going as he gets into the season. I think part of the reason we didn't uh, necessarily see more uh, of the Bucks, you know offense opened up against Mars Hill is because they had Tennessee. So I think this week might be the, the, the matchup you would want to see that, uh, you know, you might see some breakout guys for, for East Tennessee state on the offensive side of the football. I think Mark, could have a big game against uh, VMI's um, defense, especially their pass defense, which has struggled early on in the season. I, I think uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how ETSU bounces back after uh that defeat in Knoxville, I think um, one of the things that you look 21 points off of turnovers, I think that's, I think if you look at the game that way, it kind of puts a different perspective on, on the game as itself, it, as not really being a 59 to three score, but I think one of those interceptions uh, was not marking fault. It was just tipped up in the air and I believe deflected and returned for a touchdown. So they had a blocked punt. Those things I think are fixable. So I think ETSU will get better and be more electrifying on the offensive side of the ball as the season goes along. Uh, Western Carolina is one of those teams. Tyree Adams, the quarterback, I I think they've got an offense similar to what Appalachian State had with Armonty Edwards. I think they're very, um, very exciting as far as what they do in their spread offense, uh, using the run to set up the pass. And, and, uh, and, I think Adams obviously is the best dual threat quarterback in the league. I think uh, this this week they've got a a, a game against Gardner-Webb, and we really don't know what to make of Western Carolina yet because we've only seen them play once. And that was against a Division II Newberry team who they had to come back to win that game actually in the fourth quarter. So um, I'll be interested to see what they they do. And then uh, obviously uh, we don't know what's going to happen with the Citadel game yet, but I think Jordan – Black has done well under center, even though the Bulldogs are 0 and 2 so far. I think he's a guy that um, is is improved as a passer and as a leader. I think, and he he really kept uh, the Citadel in that game on on Saturday against Chattanooga after falling behind. I think it was 14 to nothing early on. So he kind of brought them back, and then I think for Wofford, um, you obviously have to look at uh, Joe Newman, who's the, the starting quarterback there, and. Um, they've got several guys that have really come in. Nathan Walker, running back. Um, they've got so many running backs that, that they can really just throw at you. And if you like that kind of uh, wingbone offense, certainly they're, they're a team to watch, and they're defending their championship um, well so far, 2-0 two, two and o in the Southern Conference, uh, beat both of the military schools. Um, and I think they have one of the best defensive linemen in the league, in, in uh, Miles Brown.
0: Yeah, he's a big old boy. <laughs> the <bucks> of, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Very familiar with him the last two years, that's for sure. So uh, we appreciate the time, as always. Again, a late feeling, always uh, willing to help us out here on Santos and the Sidekick at SoCon, John Hooper. You can follow him on Twitter. He also writes for several publications and covers the Southern Conference in depth. John, appreciate the time, man.
3: I appreciate it. Actually, I uh, just got... Finished talking to uh, Coach Forbes the other day, so we'll have a, an article up uh, maybe uh, early next week on about this upcoming season for East Tennessee State basketball and mid Major Madness. So.
2: It's always basketball season, baby. Yeah, appreciate it, John. We yeah. look
3: forward to seeing that too, <laughs> All right,
0: man. man.
2: All right, Angry Man,
0: it's Tuesday. That means ticked off Tuesday. Angry Man is probably mad that I ate about three minutes of his time. Get your blood boiling, folks. We're, we're going to go ahead and step us out for a I Don't forget, Sandus Sidekick, downloadable at Wait. SoundCloud and iTunes. You, know, you have to do a search, Sandus and the Sidekick. Angry Man, what's ticked him off on this ticked off Tuesday? We'll find out for this time out on the Buccaneer Sports Network.
4: Nice Wonger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only
3: hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to you and your family. To learn more, visit nicewongerchildrens.org. That's nicewongerchildrens.org.
4: 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City.
2: Here's the deal. At Wendy's, every hamburger is made with fresh, never frozen beef. Now here's the big deal. You can get a day's double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef along with small fries and a drink for just $5 when you download the Wendy's app. And the real deal?
3: That's a whole lot of delicious Wendy's food for just $5. Download the app
1: today. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. At participating Wendy's for a limited time.
2: Mullican Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with mullicans pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson County locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust
1: the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring.
2: New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football head man Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks Jay Sandoz still hosts from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640 the Extreme Sports Monster. Yo, can, can I get a ah! he Hey,
3: hey, 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 can hey, hey, hey,
0: hey,
1: hey, hey, that's horrible and awful mixed together. Horrible, awful, and I hate everything. I no God! No God! Please no!
4: No!
2: Waiting, you can, you can, you waiting.
0: He has waited patiently. Which, let's be honest, for Ticked Off Tuesday, Angry Man is not normally patient. So we will very quickly. Welcome, Angry Man, to the show. Hold Angry on, Man. Angry Man.
2: I just want to talk about Southern Conference football. So, kind John. But we've got my new line. So, kind John, we're going to make Angry Man wait for a little. I'm just kidding. Go ahead.
4: <laughs> Funny, guys. You know what? It was a rough week last week. I had plenty of things that ticked me off. But you know the one thing that got me going most? The Chicago oh. Bears. Oh.
0: Uh-oh. Yeah. So that would be good. Uh-oh.
4: Yeah. Down up 20 to nothing in the third quarter. 17-point lead in the fourth quarter and you cannot pull out the victory, come on. And then your head coach, your leader, Matt Nagy, is going to say, hey, that was a good one for the fans. And you know what? Our players didn't have a lot of reps in the preseason. Hello, coach. You know what? You decided that in August. You should have played Mitchell Trubisky in the preseason.
2: Uh, Better football coach, Matt Nagy or Charles Nagy? (laughs)
4: Oh guys, that oh man, I'm I'm not happy this week. Very not happy. You have a guy, Mitchell Trubisky, 12 NFL starts, entering that game, and you don't play him in the preseason. And you have the nerve to face the media and say they didn't have a lot of reps. Come on, you cannot use it as a crutch.
0: So better opening weekend. The Bears or the Cowboys? Ugh. Uh,
2: the Bears. You know, Is it, though, because the Bears, I believe, will be so shattered going forward with that horrendous mismanagement of the game late and apparent Aaron Rodgers turning into some form of a higher being in, in the second half. What was your thought on that, Angry Man? Because the people worshipping, and especially you know, Collinsworth and Michaels did it, and then on social media it was just going uh, absolutely out of control about how incredible Aaron Rodgers was. He's like Willis Reed, and no one's ever been this courageous. To me, the Bears just threw the game away. It had... Obviously, something to do with Aaron Rodgers, but a lot less than people thought.
4: No, Rodgers had something to do with it. But, yeah. you know, he probably faked an injury. And <laughs> was he really hurt? <laughs> I, I don't know. Probably not. But you know what it came down to? It came down to <sighs> Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky looking like a deer in headlights because he doesn't have the experience playing in a real game because he doesn't play in the preseason. And then Nagy just getting too cute with his play calling. On third and one, Jordan Howard could just run the football, get a first down, and run out the clock and win the game. They're going to decide to roll out and try to pass. It's, it's ridiculous. So we gift-wrapped that game to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And instead of being 1-0 and oh and feeling very confident about ourselves, we're 0-1 oh going into Monday Night Football against Seattle. And I'm just not a great feeling right now.
2: You're
0: ticked off. Let, let me let me just ask you this on the first drive, right? It was first drive, right down the field, touchdown, Bears, correct? Mm-hmm. Did you think in your mind Super Bowl? Yes,
4: I was. I was like, <laughs> I a, thought so at Christmas. I was like a little kid I, I, at, at halftime. I was like a little kid at Christmas, just so giddy and excited because we have suffered for so long, and finally we had an answer on offense. Defense is looking good with Khalil Mack and um, Roquan so- Smith and everything, but. All of a sudden, I've never just quickly felt that pain go away and just so quickly it just felt that pain. It was not fun.
0: So I would like to have a follow up. What was after the third and one debauchery <laughs> call? Did you then think 0 and 16 and we need to draft uh, first overall?
4: Well, it doesn't matter because we're not going to have a first-round draft pick because of Oh, the
2: oh There is it's no consolation. Like, there, uh, oh, there oh even the
0: triple whammy! <laughs> oh
1: For my God. gosh,
0: they had to give up two first-rounders and like a third rounder, right?
4: But, yeah, but you know what? After seeing what he did in the first game, that's worth it but Trubisky's not the answer guys and it's whoa I don't know what's gonna happen whoa whoa
2: now anger man we actually have a history you and myself I happen to know each other from ventures outside of Sandoz and the sidekick and you have long been a Mitchell Trubisky backer you have believed that he is going to be the next big thing in Chicago he's going to be the the Jim McMahon he's going to forget all the memories of the horrible Cade McNown years and make Rex Grossman and all these other quarterbacks that came in and somehow had success behind that amazing defense in Chicago. They're going to look like nothing compared to Mitch Trubisky. And after this first game, after you just proclaimed yourself that he had no preseason reps and that that was a stupid coaching decision, you're ready to throw Mitchell Trubisky in front of the bus and say that he is no chance of being a good NFL player or being the answer in Chicago.
4: Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the answer. we'll, We'll find out throughout this season, and it's going to be even more painful. I already know it, so I'm just preparing myself and the rest of the Chicago Bears fans what to expect in the next 15 games.
0: Wow. Uh, this is good. This is good. Angerman's got a lot off his chest, I feel
2: like, today. I needed
4: this, guys. I, I have not felt good since Sunday night, and I, I thought maybe my heart was going to start, was going to stop uh, palpitating. Yep. Yep. So I really needed to get this out. So it was great to just unleash on the Bears and Nagy and Trubisky.
0: Was there any other thoughts from the sports weekend that had you fired up besides uh, your beloved Chicago Bears?
4: I've had some stuff out, you know, t- today I could have gone the non-sports route, but mm-hmm. that was the thing that was getting me going. But you know what else gets me ticked off? When you go into a restaurant and you've, gotten, you've done this multiple times and you want to place an order for a specific product and they're out all three times. How are you out of a product all three times at dinner time when you go in there? Do a better job planning and get more of that product on the shelf so you don't run out and piss
0: off your customers. So you've gone into the same. I just want to recap. You've gone into the same place, mm-hmm. wanting the same item, yep. and the last three times, said place has not had items on three separate occasions. Three separate occasions,
4: exactly. Yeah. Over what period of time? Eh, about three months.
0: Have wow. you? Wow. Have you, But but it's generally the same time frame, right? You know. Like oh yeah. Same si-
4: time. D- dinner time. Yep. Dinner time.
0: Yeah, that is. Did they have it earlier in the day and they ran out, or yes. they just
4: and they apologize? So then you ask for another item to replace it. Like, oh, you'll have to. We'll have to charge you for that. Come on, customer service is key.
2: Everyone should have to to work in customer service. I 100% agree with that. Customer service is key, and if you're out of something, you need to rectify the situation for your customer. You need to make sure that no one's ticked off leaving your restaurant. You need to make the situation right. And whatever you need to do is even not enough because you came in, perhaps, Angry Man, thinking this is the one thing. Maybe even you went there for that one item in particular and you said, this is going to make me feel better about my terrible Chicago Bears. This is going to make me feel better about the Mitchell Trubisky uh, disaster that is impending over this entire year. This will be the thing that gets me you're right again and when they don't have it the fact that you have not broken a window and stolen everything out of there is nothing short of incredible
4: no you're right that's the one thing i was looking forward to as i left work last night i was like this is what i want for dinner i'm gonna go there i'm gonna be happy i'm gonna get home enjoy the dinner and then all of a sudden the cashier's like nope oh, we're out and i just oh, i wanted to go over the counter to start shaking things but <laughs> i kept my composure so, thankfully
2: so in- i'm a little surprised that you kept your composure but well done
0: and one last thing we'll let you go. If the Bears do beat the Seahawks, which I know you're not in belief right now, but if the Bears beat the Seahawks, are you back on board with the playoffs?
4: No. Nope.
0: Not not gonna happen. You're just off you're th- you off
2: the train. Because completely. They
4: cannot win a division game. They're terrible in the division.
0: And yes, the Lions I saw, Lions last, I saw okay. that last <laughs> night. I saw that last night. But still but, Well, no, no, I, I will I'll say this in defense of the Lions, this happens a lot. The first game of a new quarterback that nobody really has tape on, they always generally win that game.
1: The Jets, though, it's yeah. still it's not just the quarterback. Still, the, oh, Jets,
0: the Jets won so six, seven games bad. last year
2: with Josh McCown, who's I think a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Wow, where's the hot take button? What's wow. where, where, Trey
0: alert, doing? Back? Trey, Trey what are you
4: doing? Trey, you're alert, Trey, way behind brr,
2: on that. Brr, brr, oh, brr. Trey might have left the left the that's building. But I scared
4: him too much. He left. I'm so not surprised. Fine. Yeah, it, it, I,
2: the Jets, though. I mean, everyone thought they were a bottom five team entering Week One, right? Like a lot of people had, of course, the Bills. I mean, the Bills, absolutely well, garbage. Well. A lot of people may have thought, if but, it, if not for David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, maybe Arizona. This,
0: if you had to pick the, the the three or four worst teams in football, Bills, uh, Browns. I, I think Buffalo. And I think the Browns. I think Tampa Bay was. Look what Tampa Bay did. Right, well, Jameis
2: Winston maybe with Tampa Bay is one of the worst teams. But look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Fitz magic does not stop. I think everyone had the Jets though. Don't you think the Jets were a bottom-five team? No, Those agree. three, then the and Jets. now they're going to win the AFC East and uh, <laughs> the See, Patriots. this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong with instant reactions like the one you're having about the Bears is that it's one week. There's 16 games. There's 15 more to go. You have one bad week. And really, for the Bears, it wasn't even that bad of a week. No one gave them a chance going into Lambeau, and they looked fantastic for the first 30 minutes until they completely flubbed the entire management of the final 30 minutes. And you know this, Angry Man, because I've talked with you before. You weren't convinced on the Nagy hire in the first place. He is the problem.
4: Uh, that that he is. Then you're right. That's true. And maybe I should give Trubisky a little more time. He's only played 13 NFL games. There you go. I I could back off the ledge a little bit. There we go. I've seen enough from Nagy and Kansas City in the playoffs last year. Uh, A
2: game they should have won. It was the exact same thing. It it was. It was. Yep, you're 100% right. And you nailed it right when that happened. This is the Andy Reid effect,
0: right? This is the Andy Reid effect.
2: It sure is right when they made that higher that's what you said too you're like I saw that game and I said well hold on it's just one half but maybe I need to come to my senses a bit because clearly that half was not an outlier it was more the trend so I think we both backed each other off the ledge a little bit today here angry man and I think that's a very good thing you and me are helping each other
4: Uh, that's why this is a great segment I need I need the help and you guys help every week
2: all right, hot take of
0: the day. I'm going to say the Jets win uh, seven games this year. Just throwing it out there.
4: <laughs> well, I just said the Jets are going to dethrone the Patriots <laughs> when
0: they the AFC East. Yeah, I just, I just totally <laughs> and you glossed, glossed over, over that, didn't you? sure, I yeah, did. Yeah. Well, well, of course. So, but I, uh, no, I, I, I think, I think they win seven games. I think, uh, I think clear. I think the Buccaneers will, will come down to earth at some point in time because Ron Fitzpatrick, as we know, can throw five touchdowns or throw five interceptions. And Tampa Bay, play, Tampa Bay yeah. does
4: have to play Chicago.
0: Yeah, well, that, well, they may have that win. And the then, old a- uh, I think the Arizona Cardinals are atrocious. I'm not sure John Gruden's going to figure out uh, a decade's worth of stuff at that point in time. He may. How's this, uh, how's
2: this for a hot take? Last night, it's 7 nothing. right after Oakland goes down the field, and I instantly say Oakland is winning the AFC West. And I go to bed, text a buddy and say, I'm going to bed because I know this game is going to end drastically in Oakland's favor. I wake up 33-13 Rams, and I see Carr completely imploded in the second half. And I still believe in Derek Carr and Amari Cooper and all those guys, but, oh, boy, it must have been really ugly after I went to sleep. That fourth quarter was disastrous.
0: I'm glad I didn't stay up for it. Angry Man, last question. Where are you on uh, er- everyone keeping up with a hurricane watch every single second of every day?
4: <laughs> well, since uh, it does play a factor in what I do for a living, I, I need to keep a watch on it. And
2: You're a meteorologist. I-,
4: I love hurricanes, though. I love downpours, the rain, the wind. I don't like the destruction it causes people. But, mm. you know, I do like what Mother Nature can bring and kind of that, that path. But, no, you got to watch out for the people that are in in that line of fire and hopefully everyone evacuates could be safe, but you got to pray for them, but give kudos to those meteorologists that can track the path and make sure everyone gets out of uh, harm's way.
0: Well, we appreciate the time, Angry man Uh, next Tuesday. I'm sure you'll be just as angry and we'll talk to you then. Sounds good guys. Thanks. Sanderson, the sidekick. We're, we're basically his therapy for the week in case you haven't figured out. I don't know why he doesn't pay us for this, but uh, we are his therapy. That is angry man. And, uh, Things that make—I uh, would say the normal person mad, but I'm not sure the normal person's a Bears fan. But other than that, normally uh, I would say most of Any mentally stable person is sure, not a Bears that's fan. Fair. So we'll step aside for a timeout. When we come back, we're going to look at the top 25 FCS, maybe in FBS if we have time, and we'll take a look at that plus a one-game change in uh, the Southern Conference that for sure will be postponed and maybe canceled, just depending on how things go. So Sandos and Sidekick on SoundCloud on iTunes after this timeout on the Buccaneers Sports Network.
4: Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets, high-performance gas ranges, or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever.
0: Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson.
2: Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime
0: and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online
2: application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi
3: for American pastimes.
2: Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for
1: every generation.
2: For all your printing needs.
0: Jay Santos, Mike Gallagher, it is Santos in the sign. Oh!
1: Woo!
2: It, it comes right back, back at you, you doesn't it? it? Oh, yeah. I, th- I thought it was wrapping up. We'll stay out of the Bumper's way. It's a bit of an aggressive Bumper. Yes. You got to make it feel like you're Is there. Is it over? Come for the Bumper's, stay for the BS. Sandals in the sidekick.
0: Yeah, there you go. All right, we well, only got about four or five minutes here. Uh, the top 25 in FCS. Didn't move a lot for the simple reason a lot of those teams played the FBS game. There were there were 29 FCS versus FBS games. Can I talk to you about
2: week. the James Madison-Norfolk State game? So 17 yes. nothing, and right. the lightning kind of ends it early. I, what was the conversation like, I wonder, behind the scenes? Like, look, guys, we're just not going to be able to do this. Do you want to come back tomorrow? It, was Norfolk State just like – I mean, this is gonna get out of hand. Well, this let me is ask you: really is, work. If, if
0: ETSU in Tennessee could have just called it at ten nothing, do you think they would have taken that and gone to the house? Well, so you, you, I want some
2: belief from my coaches. I want some belief. I want someone. This is a perfect topic for for TikTok Tuesday. Do you want your team to win? Then, if you want your team to win, you play the full sixty minutes. It, the hay is not in the barn until there's triple zeros on the clock. Randy Sanders, let's go. Or, or until they say, "Go ahead and go home." Well, because that's what they did. But, but let's okay. Go. But do, do do you have to agree? to that if you're Norfolk State? Like, you have to agree to that, right? Somebody has to uh, say, all right.
0: Well, at, at some point in time, the, once the game starts, the officials and the league office of whoever's the home team makes decisions based on whatever. I mean, it's not like the teams got together and said, yeah, let's go home. I think, I mean, they may have begged to play. They may have begged to not play. But eventually that decision is is Out made, of their hands. Yes, it is. So there was no – I don't think the only, the only time I've ever heard of anything that was, was – I guess it was Clemson and – I don't remember from South Carolina State or somebody else last year, they were up about 60 at half. And they talked to the other coach about, could, could we do a running clock? And, of course, the other coach was like, yes. But <coughs> they started to do that. They had to stop the game, call the league commissioner to make sure he was okay with it. So even then, when they're trying to do something to help out, they they still had to stop. See, so sixty is one thing, before.
2: but seventeen nothing. I mean, I know there's a lot of game left to be played, and it probably wasn't going to happen. A lot of the reports said, "Wow, it looked like a really big physical mismatch early." Of course, the James Madison—they're a top two team in the FBA, FCS, you know. So it wasn't going to end well for Norfolk State anyway. But I don't know. I want my guys playing all sixty minutes. Go ahead. i I mean, I'm no, sorry. it's Tick Tuesday.
0: I mean, it's just just let you, it go. I, Let's I, I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Randy. We gotta scared. go. We gotta talk about that. All right. Well, anyways, uh, uh, not much movement in the uh, uh, North Carolina A and T. Still brilliant. Yeah, the top top ten stayed where they were. Weber State dropped uh, a slot, then uh, they lost an, an FBS game. Villanova, Jacksonville State. I mean, There's really not a lot. The Eastern Nor- Washington, North T-B, Dakota T-B, State. Northern I mean, Arizona, the top was the uh, top four or five yeah. is the same. Uh, top really ten's the same. North Dakota State, James Madison, South Dakota State, North Carolina A and T, Sam Houston State, Eastern Washington, Kennesaw State. Wofford, Sanford, Nova, Nova moved up just a touch. Elon with the win over Furman apparently didn't impress anybody. They just moved up one slot. Well, and then Montana East- now that's the one that's uh, starting to make a little bit of noise.
2: The Eastern Washington game. There's just no movement in the top ten, so they can't move up even though they beat number twenty Northern Arizona.
0: Right, and 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 some of the but you know if you want to look at impressive Wofford was a top twenty five team going into that. They got smashed. Wofford beats VMI. He, I I mean, just right. it's so early in the season. And then, again, it's always tough in FCS because what do you do with Sanford? Sanford goes plays Florida State. Do you reward him for a close loss? Do you penalize him or, or they did what they did. They just left them right where they are. So it's always tough um, as far as that goes. I think the one thing to note before we hit the bumper to get out of
2: here is is, is you just need to go ahead and talk to
0: – there There you are, top 25
2: Perm, in the FBS. Arizona State. Again, I, I think that it's more Michigan State being bad this year. They almost lost to Utah State. I don't think that Arizona State necessarily played particularly well, especially offensively in that win. I watched the entire thing, and and believe me, I don't want to say anything bad about Arizona State because I love me some Herm Edwards, and I absolutely thought the hire was one of the best things to happen to college football, and it's proving to be that way because that is one of the main storylines right now. So Arizona State, absolutely love it. Uh, When did Nichols drop the state, by the way? They lost to Tulane this week. Nichols must have dropped the state, what, four or five years ago? Because now it's just Nichols that confuses me.
0: Well, no, it's it's not only that, I was trying to think uh, they play McNeese who also dropped states. It used to be McNeese State, Nickel State. They I don't know, like the McNeese sound of it. It doesn't hit the ear well. Well, don't worry. When I when I scripted out uh, the scoreboard for uh, Trey to read during the pregame show, I put both states back in. Yeah, that's good. Just for most people. Would know that's the Buccaneer Sports Network. Right hey, don't there.
2: forget, uh, tomorrow, mystery guest. I'm going to talk to him right now. The mystery guest. Yeah, and I'm not going to reveal it, but it, uh, it's a good one. I, I'm, I'm really excited about the mystery guest we have. up. We've got about four or five lined up that have ETSU ties that are relatively big names uh, around the not only ETSU campus, ETSU athletic department, but the worldwide scene. Okay, so that, that's all. There's the, a tease. All that tease I got for you. We will have
0: Lando's land for you on the show as well, and we'll start to talk about ETSU's matchup versus VMI Another edition of Santos and the Sidekick tomorrow. You can download us on SoundCloud on iTunes. Just search Santos and the Sidekick. Back with more tomorrow on the Buccaneers Sports Network.